Hey everyone, this is Mayor Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, Vice Mayor, and this is our podcast, Women Are Here. Hello. We're here. <laughs> and I just sneezed. <laughs> I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, happy Friday. <laughs> we do not edit this podcast, obviously. No, no. <laughs> uh, we do not. No, no one has time for that. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. Our last one was kind of mid-August and then like we just took a little break and we've been busy out on the doors and crying. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's been a while and the city council has been a little sleepy lately. Thank goodness. I mean, it's been nice. (laughs) It's just been a little, I looked at the agenda again on Monday and I was like, geez, okay. Um, There's not a whole lot going on, but um, it's today really feels like fall, doesn't it? Yeah, I am um, whipping out some of my coats if they still Ooh. fit. Let's see. <laughs> um, well, I wore yeah. boots for the first time today, so I was pretty excited about that. Oh, did you get your winter boots out or what? I got a, like a new pair of like fall boots and they're very cute. And I'm, I'm I have to wear them. Oh, I have a pair. I'm going to have to, that my mom bought me. I need to whip them out from the closet. But today's the day. Today is today's the day. The day. <laughs> So what have you been eating? What have you been watching? Um, I, well, I'm very excited because my favorite place, Cicada Coffee Shop on Prospect Street is um, doing dinner now and I have reservations tonight to go. They, um, I've had their food before because they did like a little pop-up at uh, Brooklyn lunch. And so I went like a while ago. It's really good. Yeah. I've had lunch there, um, but this, they have a beer and wine license now, so um festive I'm excited so I'm going tonight after door knocking that's fun uh, nice and I have been watching uh on HBO the other two have we talked about this no <laughs> we have we not talked about this no all right it's not okay so it's on HBO and it's about this like 12 year old who like kind of makes it big with some like viral video and his name is Chase Dreams and it's about his family. His mom becomes like his manager and um, his older brother and sister both live in New York City and they have both been trying, struggling to like make it. Like one is an actor, a struggling actor and the other one, um, I can't remember what she does. She's a dancer. And um, they're both like, oh my God, my stupid little brother just totally got famous, like famous, famous. And uh, so it's the story about this family and it's absolutely hysterical, it's hysterical. Chase dreams. It's called the other two. I'll have to check it out. I am. Um, I've been watching Hacks. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so good. She's so funny. Jean Smart. Oh, I know. She was so good. And I didn't watch the Emmys. For I usually love watching the Emmys, but I haven't watched the Emmys the last two years. But I saw that she won for um for it for Hacks. And yeah, then she's great in that in that show really funny i've been like like laughing out loud I know. Which is nice. yeah yeah that's a good show maybe i'll start something else uh, that's also on hbo right hbo max yeah 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 okay well yeah. we had a, a packed weekend last weekend um a couple of fun events what did you end up going to a bunch of things i saw oh yeah i was everywhere um I did go to the um, Bob Moses, like Celebration of Life at Starlight, which was really beautiful. I was really well done. Um, and I spoke at it really briefly. 
Um, but it was amazing to hear all of, um, you know, from folks who had you know, known him from the Algebra Project and uh, from YPP uh, and, uh, you know, just just really listening to people who've known him for years and who've, who he's impacted was awesome. Um, I know there was a whole parade prior to, um, I missed the parade through the streets um, and I guess they had a lot of band and yeah, out and uh, yeah, I think it was a really good celebration. And so I'm glad that um, that happened. Uh, what else did I do? I went to um, the Patty's 5K. Oh yeah, did I, I run? Be there. I was at another event. Yeah. So things happening this weekend. I, I did not run. Um, I cheered on the runners. Uh, I I ran into um, Senator Warren. Of course, yes. Chatted with her a little bit. Was, she was really nice, and the dog and Bailey. Um, Bailey, yes. Um, I'm more of a cat person now, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was more events. But I those were some of the highlights. I went to some uh, West Cambridge like baseball league trophies. Um, gave out an award there with um, State Rep Decker. Uh, and it was, it was just a busy weekend of doors and events and just trying to get rest in between. Oh, there was also a community fair. I saw you there, but we were so both so busy. Oh, uh, at the schools. Yes. Schools outside King Open. That was an amazing event. There's so many um, people there. So many people we've gotten it down. Um, it's awesome. We started it. This kind of came out of the pandemic of like, come on, Cambridge Public Schools, be out in the community. Right. And so you know, we've, I've worked with Robin Harris and Lindsay Pincus um, to, to put these on with a lot of the other great um, organizations and community partners that we have. And our next one is October 16th uh, outside Peabody. So definitely come by. Um, and you were there giving out uh, as far as the spot, um, giving out clothing. Uh, and then I also went to the Cambridge Port Neighborhood Association's St. Augustine Church Renovation Fundraiser, 100 years. Oh, I saw, I saw that that was happening, but, um, it was my husband's 50th birthday. So I couldn't go. That's right. That's right. And oh, I'm sad. I'm, I wanted to drop by and then I missed your text. Um, oh. Yeah. So tell me about your weekend. What did you do? Uh, you know, just a lot of door knocking, a lot of, um, campaign events and Bob's 50th. Um, it was a nice weekend actually. It turned out to be a really nice one. And was, but I, I did miss like it's there were so many things going on that I did miss some of the big ones. I was sad, sad to miss um the Bob Moses celebration and I saw the pictures and it looked beautiful. Yeah. So, what an amazing celebration of an amazing Cambridge resident and human being. So sorry I missed it, but it looked like it was um, really well attended. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. So yeah, okay. So Monday night we had a COVID update at our city council meeting. Um for the week ending Saturday, September 25th, there were 125 new confirmed Cambridge cases, which is a seven day average of 15 confirmed cases per 100,000 residents. Um, you know, we talked about how in September, Cambridge continues to be in the high level of community transmission using the CDC uh, prevention control metrics uh, and our test positivity rate from September 12th to the 25th. Uh, was 0.37% out of uh, 89,804 tests of Cambridge residents, which is a pretty high, I think I was talking to the city manager and that we, we, we have more tests in Cambridge than the whole rest of the state put together or something crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Working on a fifth site. So that's TBD. Yeah. So I went to the, um, 
the St. John site on mm -hmm. Wednesday and I was, I got in line behind Commissioner O'Riordan at the DPW. So we, we actually chatted. It was nice to just hang out and <laughs> chat outside as we were walking through the line. And the line was really long, and but I was in and out in less than 10 minutes. Yeah, they're really efficient. So yeah, so the city's still offering four days a week of um, testing in three locations, but starting Monday, actually, the Cambridge side location will only offer drive-through testing. So people without car access have to go to Harvard Square or the North Cambridge testing location, or as you said, we're I know you were working on trying to get that fifth location in Central Square. I, we all, you know, said Monday night at the meeting that it was pretty unfair um, that two out of the four sites are not accessible for people who don't have cars um, right. and that they should add some kind of walk-up um, testing option to the Cambridge side. I even suggested like people can walk through that TJ Maxx, walk right outside um, and go to the same station and just self-swab. I mean, I just... I don't understand where the safety. Yeah, where the concerns are around like the logistics of it. It just seems like there's such an easy fix to this. Exactly. And, you know, when we had seven days a week testing, it was like, okay, well, two days a week, you'd have to wait until the next day. But the way that the testing is now, because it's only four days. I mean, when you think you have COVID, like you for sure. Um, I actually got a couple of tests this week because I just haven't been feeling that great and. I think I'm just run down because <laughs> every test comes back negative and I'm like, all right, Alana, maybe you should sleep some more or something. Yeah. Yeah. Me and you with the testing. <laughs> people were like to start your taxes, like, oh my God, I'm still waiting for my test. <laughs> well, I think out of those eight, 84,000 people, I think, you know, probably 10,000 of them are mine. <laughs> my oh, right. oh my God. Always testing. Yeah. Uh, so We'll keep you posted on that. I also had asked about extending some of the hours for one of the sites to just even extra hours on that Thursday. You know, it's at th till three, but going till six. So hopefully the city manager will have some updates for us soon. We heard about on Monday also um, that there's some upcoming clinics that we have uh, for COVID-19 vaccines and at the same time, um, the flu vaccine. So those will start Friday, October 15th, uh, and that site will be the senior citywide senior center. Uh, the 16th will be King Open. The 22nd will be Reservoir Church and the Pazani Center will be the 23rd. Um, and you, if you've received uh, the Pfizer vaccine um, at least six months ago, you can also get vaccinated uh, at these clinics and get your, your booster. So if you have questions, you know, around that, feel free to get in touch with us. I've gotten some calls from my office um, and emails around, okay, when can I get my booster? So to repeat, if you've got Moderna or Johnson, Johnson, there's really no information out yet on the booster, but if you received Pfizer, did you get Pfizer? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a certain eligibility criteria, um, uh, around, you know, whether you, you're eligible, uh, right now it's like 65 and older. Um, and then anyone who lives in any age in long-term care facilities, anyone who has underlying medical conditions, anyone who works in high risk settings, anyone who, um, lives in, you know, high risk settings, I'm going to take my parents. Do you mean to make them an appointment? 
I'm just going to bring them to October. Remember how I made them their appointments? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alana did make my parents my appointments. <laughs> um, well, there were some. I didn't even do it, but thank you. <laughs> there was some exciting news, I think, this week for a lot of parents with young children. It seems like the um, Pfizer is getting ready or the FDA is getting ready to approve for emergency use uh, for five to 11 year olds. I know that that has been a big thing for a lot of parents of young children have been like literally on the edge. Yeah. Of the so hopefully that um, news comes sort of any day now. Um, but yeah, okay. So the city council meeting on Monday night, as we said, was a little bit quiet. I think I was home <laughs> in my pajamas at like 7.20, <laughs> which was awesome <laughs> really amazing. um but there was i would say like the biggest thing that came up on monday night was um you know the department of human services rolled out a, a different kind of a enrollment program and um a needs-based program uh, assessment for um after school slots and the rollout was very very bumpy and it left a lot of cambridge parents uh, without after school options for their kids and it has it's really been very very difficult for so many parents who you know were really hoping for some sense of normalcy this september after almost 2 years of you know almost no childcare almost no school um you know we think about and we talk about how the pandemic has really hit especially women um, and working moms very, very hard because there has been little to no childcare options for them. And to continue that um, this September, I think has really hit the community pretty sideways. So um, we've been hearing a lot from, from parents who um, you know, are, are wanting a lot of answers around uh, the rollout um, and how we are going to be addressing the need in the community uh, for after school and for care. Um, and so Councillor McGovern, you, myself, and Councillor Nolan um, put forward a policy order to ask for the DHSP to come forward with a report mm -hmm. about um, the, the new system, what happened, and how they're going to fix it for moving forward. Um, you know, that was kind of the biggest conversation on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have some more conversation on that this Monday night, a few policy orders discussing um, neighborhood councils, community school uh, neighborhood councils to allow for me feedback into the changes, uh, one on a parent advisory council um, and one that asked to, and this is something you and I have talked about too, um, to expand, you know, replicate kind of the King Open model that exists the full day. Um, uh, so, yeah, we, we reckon the council, I think definitely recognizes, especially we've the, on the school committee side, the school committee and superintendent, we've received a lot of the questions and inquiries and, um, you know, it's been, it's been challenging in that way. And now, you know, I think we really need to have some, I think I'm looking forward to the conversation on this and how we could have, you know, I think there's clear things that didn't happen. And I think a lot of it relates to the, just the communication uh, and the transparency aspect of it. And uh, there was a meeting in June that we had, but again, I think getting a week, no, less, was it a less week <laughs> of like, you're not getting in um, to, you know, after school um, was just the the wrong way to do it. and. 
So we'll be discussing that and more. Yeah. And at that, at that meeting this summer, you know, the department of human services said in the meeting, you know, if your child had a slot in March of 2019, your child will have a slot in September of 2021. And I think most of us heard that and thought, oh, okay. Every child who had a spot right. community schools or DHSP after schools, which, you know, I think even I don't really have a clear understanding of like what the difference <laughs> is. Um, but it was, it became clear with this rollout that that, that what was meant was it was the DHSP after schools and not the community schools. So, and, and the majority of the kids are in um, the community schools. So a lot of parents are, you know, really feeling frustrated uh, at this point that Literally, they have, I don't know how people are getting their work done. Um, you know, like the city of Cambridge does not have a work from home policy, right? So none of our employees are allowed to work from home. So if any of our employees had their kids in DHSP after school or community schools and then don't have a slot, like, what do they do? You know, I, I think a lot of employees are in the same boat. Uh, you know, whether you work for the city of Cambridge or you work for another organization, yeah. you don't have a work from home policy or flexible policy and you don't have to after school for your children. I mean, what do you do? Right. You're taking so, days off. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm finding. Yeah. So all around uh, frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, well, onto some good news um, upcoming for this Monday night, you and I have a, um, policy order on the agenda around um, a language access program. So we have been working on this along with the members of the Family Policy Council for the past two years. And what we're, this policy order is asking is the city to develop a language access program in conjunction with the Cambridge Public Schools to address language justice in the city. Uh, language justice is defined as the fundamental right every person has to communicate, to understand and be understood in the languages that, and method in which they feel most comfortable, which includes the communication rights of individuals and in preferred languages other than English, as well as the person with communication related disabilities. So cities like um, Seattle, Washington, Denver, Colorado, and Boston all have language access programs. And as the city, the Family Policy Council you know, we had presentations from many of those cities. There were multiple working groups, which led focus groups uh, with residents to find out how deep the need is for a language access program and commitment from the city. So it's been a really long process uh, and it's been a really a good one to dive into. Yeah, and in other cities, this looks like making it a practice to do translation in multiple languages, uh, ensuring that, you know, there are employees in each department that are bilingual, as well as having a phone translation into home languages. Um, you know, that meetings are closed captioned or that there are live translations both written and orally, um, as well as understanding that plain language is an issue uh, as well, where we need to ensure that the language we're using can be read and understood by um, a large majority of residents. Yeah, and as we saw from, I mean, you know, I saw this when my kids were younger, um, it certainly came up in the focus groups, but when, when we are sending things home, particularly from our schools, only in English. We are asking kids as young as first and second grade to be interpreters for their parents. And it's inappropriate um, for them to be, be providing that link um, and that, that language access for their parents and, and replacing them in a very adult position at a very, very young age. And so this idea of uh, language justice and a language access program is trying to take that burden 
off of our young people um, and place it back on us to make sure that we are sending communications home and languages that can be understood um, by, by parents. I will say the other day too, I was in City Hall and I found this um, two women wandering around looking for the clerk's office. And I, you know, I asked them what they needed. And you know, they only spoke Spanish. So I brought them into the clerk's office and was able to find a clerk in the clerk's office that spoke Spanish. And you know, they were able to really quickly understand this woman's very complicated problem, by the way. Um, I won't get into it, but um, I can't imagine had there not been somebody there um, to quickly understand this woman's problem. Because like I said, it was very complicated and they, they were able to get it very quickly. But the idea would be this kind of language access program would prioritize hiring people that you know speak multiple languages or um, putting in you know these are for front-facing um, customer service positions within the city some kind of um, phone access so you yeah. have, have translation right there on the phone and you know we heard some really heartbreaking stories um, through these focus groups using Cortico so they're all recorded and you know people talking about how hard it was to deal with the city and with the schools and how they how it made them feel. Um, so I'm really excited that we are moving forward on this after two, two long years. Yeah, and especially during the pandemic, you know, we saw that, it's, you know, it's a public health imperative to properly translate public health information and resources uh, need to be, um, you know, accessed through multiple languages. You know, we did the marriage disaster relief fund we had like a language line set up for, you know, six to seven languages. And it's definitely helped in my office to have people speaking multiple languages. Um, and, you know, I think back to even just, well, I still translate for my mom. I took her to the OMV last week. <laughs> she was like, I can't go alone. Um, and it was important for me to be there, you know, and like all the, you know, growing up, just all the, it's a lot of work. Yep. You know, I love my parents. Um, but, you know, me and my brother were constantly, you know, whether it was doctor's appointments, you know, to other things as my mom, you know, their, their English definitely improved over time and reading and so forth. But um, it is it is a thing that it's important to work on. And we added over 250K in this year's budget for translation in the city and schools. Um, but this PO, as um, you talk about, is really the culmination of the last few years of the work of the policy, um, family policy council, um, including school committee member, Aisha Wilson. Um, and there's the superintendents on it. There's many, many key stakeholders. Um, it's the ED is Nancy Tauber. Um, uh, and so this finally puts in uh, a kind of in writing um, for budgetary approval for hopefully the FY23 budget, which starts in July next year. Um, and what else is coming up? So that, that, that we'll talk about that. Um, we have stuff around, do you wanna talk about the free cash? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I think as people may not know, but you know, even though we don't talk about the fiscal 23 budget until May next year, as soon as we set that tax rate and certify free cash, which happens, you know, next week, then the budget talks start immediately, like what, what is being prioritized? How are we spending our money? And so it's really important to be putting this forward right now um, and, and making sure that it does have a place in the fiscal 23 budget um, in, a, in a really significant way. So I, I also have to say, I, 
you know, in order to make a huge impact like this, like I think this is going to be a, a hugely impactful um, policy in the city. It's so important to do that work with the community. And in this case with the city and school departments, the city manager, the superintendent, just to make sure we're all heading in the right direction that we're making our case that this is important enough to invest a significant amount of money into. I think, you know, I always say that anyone can put a policy on the agenda on Monday nights um, and say that the city should invest in X, Y, or Z, but the real work in that is that deeply collaborative work and having kind of those tougher conversations about the needs and priorities in a way that moves the work forward. Um, it's not it's not fun sometimes, uh, it can be frustrating, but in this case, especially, I think it will pay off when we see that big investment into ensuring that everybody in Cambridge can participate in civic life, their child's education, you know, regardless of the language or languages that they are spoken in their home. So I, it's always nice for me, and I'm sure for you too, um, to see something that we've all been working so hard on for so long, mm -hmm. finally come to the, to the city council, um, it just makes it all the more sweeter knowing how, uh, you know, what we overcame to get here. Right, right. Uh, we have some other news that will be on the agenda, which is also the culmination of many, many years. I remember the day we, you know, you and I first started working on it. We were in Ellen's office um, and we were like, it was like, we were bright eyed. It was like, we were fresh faced counselors. <laughs> 2018, right before, before my ankle broke. That's right. um, and we're like, let's do some children's savings accounts. And so we will be implementing uh, each this, this, this fall, right as we speak, families are getting, families of kindergartners are getting letters um, on opening up a children's savings account. Uh, and uh, Alana, you can talk, you know, more a little bit about all the, the partners that we interacted with, but this was a big effort under, you know, we, it started under then Mayor Mark McGovern um, and because of COVID things got delayed. Uh, and so now finally, uh, you know, we've been able to, now that we're all in person to make sure that we will uh, have this program uh, underway. And our, our, once a family signs up for the program, a savings account is opened on behalf of the kindergarten student and $50 is automatically the depositive. There's financial education courses for all CPS kindergarten students included in the program. Huge shout out to East Cambridge Savings Bank. For yes, being thank you. Seriously, you know, <laughs> it, it was, it was, um, we, we had to go through, remember we had to bid this. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and so there's a lot of behind the scenes work to make this possible. So um, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I it was that first conversation with with Ellen um, back in 2018, and then we started uh, attending quarterly meetings at the <laughs> New England Children's Savings Account Consortium at the at the Boston Federal uh, Reserve Bank downtown. Um, we met with Boston Saves and and learned all about their program and their best practices and best practices from the new, the other New England CSAs. Uh, and then we actually one of the most exciting things I think we did was the Jose Cisneros, who is the treasurer of San Francisco, who um, oversees the largest CSA in the country. Um, came and spoke to city leadership and um, when Mark McGovern was the mayor uh, and really I think answered a lot of our city staff questions and our leadership. They had a lot, a lot of questions and were a little bit um, maybe 
hesitant to take something like this on, but he just like, I just remember being in that meeting, being so wowed by him, um, just the way he was able to just like really deeply understand the concerns and allay them um, in a way that we could just really move forward. And yeah, big shout out to, to Jose Cisneros, um, to the folks over at, at the Fed, um, Prabal Chakrabarty, and, um, you know, everybody at, at East Cambridge Savings Bank and the, you know, the city leadership and team for really like moving on this and, and making it happen. Uh, I'm really excited that I was, we've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> I think it was yeah. supposed to go into effect last fall, but it was just, there were so many things going on, but so here we are children's savings account. Um, and it seems like, um, it's going to be kicked off and just going to be great. I can't wait to hear more about how that goes. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep you posted. So we have some, um, we have a fun event tomorrow. The, uh, Timothy Toomey, Park is opening tomorrow. This is a new two acre space located on Roger Street in East Cambridge. And it's dedicated to our colleague, Cambridge City Councilor, former Cambridge School Committee member and former state representative, Timmy, Tim Toomey, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> um, you know, Councilor Toomey has faithfully served Cambridge for the last 35 years. And this park is just a tremendous representation of his dedication to our community. So we're having a, it, the park is open, but we're having a, a formal dedication tomorrow, Saturday, October 2nd at 10 a.m. I, we did hear that from Councillor Toomey that there is going to be ice cream and cupcakes at 10 a.m. So for all you sugar fiends, definitely, oh. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I will be there. I'm got my speech ready. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, uh, we also, the, I know that the, I was going to touch base with you on this, but the youth council is meeting in the mayor's parlor all day tomorrow. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. I don't, I don't know if you want to drop by before 10 to see them or after, well, we can text. <laughs> um, I was trying to get that in to just say hi to them. I know earlier is better. Earlier is better. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk. Well, October is also national women's business month. Uh, the city of Cambridge um, will be celebrating in a lot of different ways uh, about um, our amazing businesses. There's a lot of city sponsored events. Um, there's a whole schedule of events on um, the CDD, CDD website. Um, one of the events is Tuesday um, at one of my favorite cafes. Uh, it's the kickoff for Women's Business Month. Uh, it's at Vestra Cafe, 73 Ames Street. Um, so definitely come. I'm going to say a few remarks before I head to my city council, my school committee meeting. But uh, yeah, Buster Cafe. Have you been? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, it is so good. It's one of my favorite shops. Well, I'll definitely go with you. Um, the other thing that's happening this month is the DHSP preschool lottery is accepting applications uh, all of October for the 2022-2023 school year, which begins next September. Children are considered age eligible for preschool enrollment when they're between the ages of two years and nine months and four years and five months. Um, you can find out more on cambridgema.gov slash preschool lottery and definitely check it out um, and just, just apply, see what happens. Yeah, uh, we are also, the fuel assistance program is accepting applications. Beginning October, low-income Cambridge and Summerville residents can apply. This is managed by DHSP to receive assistance paying winter heating costs between the November 1st, um, 2021 and April 30th, 2022. Um, 
so definitely go to cambridgema.gov slash fuel assistance if you want more information. And just adding on to that, I've helped a couple of people in the last month um, apply for an Eversource discounted rate, which you can apply for if you um, already qualify for other programs like SNAP or TANF or WIC. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people don't know, and it's not that easy to navigate the system. So um, if anybody is listening to this and is not on a discounted rate and already um, is in another program that would make you eligible, please reach out to me because I now, now that I've done it a few times in the past month, I, I have it down. So I'd be happy to help. Um, the other exciting thing that's happening is the War Memorial Rec Center lap pool weight room is reopening on Monday, October 4th. Um, this has been closed for repairs and improvements and the weight room and lap pool at the War Memorial Rec Center is opening on Monday. Very exciting. Um, you'll have to wear masks and adhere to posted COVID-19 safety protocols and all of the information about fall swim and rec programs and registration will be, um, announced on the War Memorial's webpage site. So um, that's next week. So we look forward to welcoming back the community for children, youth and adult programming in October. And finally, um, in observance of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, there'll be a few um, activities uh, on Thursday, October 21st, non-sworn employees of the police, fire and emergency will be encouraged to wear purple and Purple Thursday to honor victims and support survivors of DV. Um, we, so th that's happening. Um, Are we lighting up City Hall purple on that day? I think so, yeah. We may have to, <laughs> like, did we have to put an order for that? Um, well, there's a few things we'll have to do. <laughs> um, if I'll confirm, but it'll be lit up purple. We just lit up purple the whole month of September for, um, National Recovery Month, if you know, people were wondering. Oh, I about. saw that. I saw that last night on your Instagram or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then finally, Indigenous Peoples Day is the 11th. Um, and I will be doing a story time uh, on Thursday, reading many books by Indigenous authors uh, outside the Cambridge Public Library at 11. And then we have a few other things planned. Uh, they'll be on the website shortly, but hopefully next year we can do, the city can do more um, around both Indigenous People Day and uh, DV Day. I think, I just remember like two years ago, you know, last term, all the things that, you know, all the vigils, all the, you know, there was always something happening outside City Hall, um, but because of the pandemic, stuff has definitely, um, it, it's just been more minimal. Um, I know it's it's been uh, it's been hard not gathering. That's what I'll say. Yeah, yeah. I miss I miss uh, seeing miss people. people. And then, exactly, exactly. So, so I hope you have a good dinner at Cicada. I know I'm very excited. Um, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you love it. If you have ideas for us or things you want us to talk about, please tweet at us. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at Mayor Siddiqui, uh, S-I-D-D-I-Q-U-I. And follow us on Twitter, on um, Instagram. I just hit 2,500 followers. What? 
<laughs> on your um, Instagram or your Finstagram? No, on my marriage <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> I know my Instagram. I never use my actual Instagram. I, I know. know you have Instagram. <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about that. Okay, bye, okay. everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye. Have a good week. <laughs>